0: Hi, thanks for checking out our new podcast, Out of Turn. I'm Landon. And I'm Sam. This podcast is something between a riff on debate shows and a personal conversation. On this podcast, we will debate a variety of topics, and it's going to start here today with some would-you-rather questions, and our current focus is those questions and the conversations that they can inspire. In the future, we might rank things, we might rate things, and we might grow what we talk about. But that is where you come in. Sam and I have been talking about this podcast for months now, and we finally decided to not be lazy enough to put it together. But we want to know what you think works and what doesn't. So if you listen, please give us your feedback. Quick note about the would you rathers. Whenever you ask a question, there's always some debate about what that would you rather universe looks like. So for the sake of this... Whoever asks the questions is going to get to set the universe however they see fit. So, the first question we have is one of my favorite would you rather questions. This is on my hinge profile, it's on my bumble profile. <laughs> it's a great conversation starter. Say, pick a line. Would you rather fight one horse sized duck or a hundred duck sized horses? I'm
1: taking a hundred duck sized horses. A horse is huge, like a, a massive duck would just terrify the. So I would take 100 duck-sized horses.
0: Are you worried about the speed of those horses? Because, you know, ducks are just kind of fast, but horses, especially you get some Triple Crown winners out there, they can really overwhelm you fast. Are they baby ducklings or are they full-blown ducks? Are they like the duckling horse or are they like
1: duck duck size?
0: That's a good question. They're full-grown duck-sized.
1: I'm still taking 100 ducks. I'm not too worried. I've been on a run every now and again, and ducks have chased me down. And yeah, you're right, they waddle, but I feel like the size of them, I could just put one maybe, give myself a little breather, and just keep going.
0: How many duck-sized horses do you think you could take before it shifts and you're like, you know, this is too many, just give me one duck? I'm going to be ambitious here, I'm going to say 50. But you just said that you could take 100.
1: Yeah, I know, but my thing is halfway through, I get like the second like wave kicks in. I can get the other 50 on again. I'm hopeful that I can take on 100. I'm just hopeful that I can mentally and physically stand 100 duck-sized horses. I just know that one horse-sized duck, that beak is huge, and if it hits me in the wrong spot, I am down for the count.
0: That's fair. So do you like your chances, though, against 100 duck-sized horses? Like, give me a percent. I'm going to throw my odds at 10 to 1. You put a dollar on me. Oh, okay. I like it. See, I think I would go with the one horse-sized duck, just because I'm really worried about the numbers game. If they could communicate like ducks, because like ducks are pretty scary when they can communicate. like They start talking and you know conspiring against you, and horses are pretty smart. That's really where I'm nervous. I'm with you. I don't really think that I'm going to put up much of a fight anyway, but I'd rather go down in a blaze of glory. I feel like it's a better way to die, get eaten by a duck.
1: Are you not worried about the beak then? I mean, that beak is huge. Are you not worried about the feet of a horse-sized duck
0: yeah i mean that's definitely what you gotta guard against but if you can like maybe move around it i feel like you have a large area where you can just pummel that thing you know get like six seven punches okay. in and that's some real tinder meat you know what do
1: you put your odds at then i put my at 10 to 1 for 100 duck-sized horses uh, what do you put your odds at for one
0: horse-sized duck probably 20 to 1 <laughs> i'm not a very good fighter and in case you were wondering Not a lot of dates with using this line. Yeah, absolutely not that successful at the bars. It was more of a joke. I hope you guys
1: got that. Please do not go up to girls and ask them what they would rather fight. Awful way to get a drink
0: thrown at you. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely inspired some conversations. I just get a little too bogged down in the details, which is, you know, why we have Um, a podcast about it. So we know that you're really hoping for waves. What does it look like with a variety of animals? What animal do you think you could take the most on at once? I feel like it would have to be something like like a spider, but not like maybe Daddy Legs. Absolutely not, no. no Absolutely way.
1: not. If a hundred spiders are running at me, I would run the other way. I would not bat an eye. I would book it the other way. Okay. For me, I'd sit, hmm. Like ants? Hmm. Yeah, maybe ants. I mean, like, I always hear, like, ants in your pants with, like, red fire ants. You don't want to sit in that. But, like, me, as an ant pile, just step on it. Like, you're fine. Ants yeah. to me. That's, like, a thousand right there. I mean, you're really up in your numbers pretty easily. When I think of, like, a horse-sized duck, I think of, like, Daffy Duck, that took Popeye spinach and just turned into a like, massive duck.
0: Okay. When you think of it the other way, you don't think of like some American pharaoh, a hundred of them. Maybe it's like the size difference, like how small it would have to be, because like a duck's not big. I'd say like maybe like to
1: calf size. I don't know. Like the size discrepancy, of, like shrinking a horse down to a duck size, doesn't intimidate me as much. Bringing a duck up to a horse size.
0: Yeah, that's fair. You definitely could punt them easier. You get a lot of space. Now, this brings us to another question how many small children do you think that you could take before they overpower you now i'm gonna say that these are coming down royal rumble style like one at a time one at a time but you got like 30 seconds and you got to finish them or else the next one com- is coming out how small are
1: you talking preschool kindergarten like eight do i have to just like put them in a headlock and they leave like i have to like kill them <laughs> mentally i don't think i could kill a child
0: no you have to try, you have to teach them a lesson you got to make sure that they're down for the count all right all right
1: I'm going to stick with 100 again. I think I'd take 100. I think my stamina has been – I've been running a lot lately. I feel like I can, you know, use that. Okay. But my odds for that one is 15 to 1.
0: Okay. So it's a little bit
1: higher. Because, again, they're kids. So I think maybe they see their friend get beat up. They make fun of that person. And the person I got made fun of was like, I'm going to use that. And they start thinking.
0: A lot more coordination with the kids. I feel like you really got a steel chair, something that you can knock them down like real quick and just go to town. I'd say 100 is probably pretty fair. The big issue is if they all gang up on you, you'd be in some trouble. But besides that. What are your odds at? I'd say 15 to 1. I feel a lot more confident, honestly. I feel a little less confident. I like it. So now we're going to move on to our next question. Shift gears a little bit. A little philosophical question for you. Sam. Would you rather live until you're 200 but look like you're 200 the whole time even though you are healthy or look like you're 25 the whole time until you die at age 65? So in both of these scenarios,
1: do I know I'm going to live until I'm 200 and do I know I'm going to live until I'm 65 or it's just like I turn 65 and I'm boom, I'm done. At 100, I'm like, wow, I'm just kicking still for another 100 years.
0: You know that you're going to live till that age. I'm going to have to say look like
1: I'm 25, but die at 65 because I can be swayed either way. The reason I say that is because it's like, I know I'm going to die at 65, right? I'm going to do everything I never thought I would up until I'm 65. You know that song like live like you're dying by Tim McGraw or like one week to live. Like, what would you do? If I knew I only had 65 years, I would just do everything I could in those 65 years, make it the best 65 years. I feel like with the 200 I go through a lot more heartbreak. I see all my friends and my family members pass away and I have to go through all of that. Yes, I'd be able to see like, my grandkids, my grandkids have kids, my, my grandkids' kids have kids. I, I would see a lot more of my family be passed through and I'd see a lot more throughout the world. But I think like for me, I'd want to live the fullest life until I'm 65 and just do everything I ever thought I could.
0: And I think an underrated part of this discussion is you're looking like you're 200. You're going to be looking pretty decrepit and you don't have a, a wife yet. You might have a lot of trouble getting one.
1: Or friends. or I mean, as messed up as that sounds, because like everyone, I mean, your first impression does say a lot. Job interviews, too, because job interviews, as much as they say. Yeah.
0: I think I would agree with you on this one. I'd rather live to be 65 and look 25. It's not a whole lot to do with the 25 on one end. It's more to do with the looking 200 on the other end. I just think that would be really tough to enjoy life like that. People would always be really worried about you. I mean, you see how people look at 100, even if you're healthy. You add another 100 years to that, you're going to be looking pretty rough. And you have yeah. to do with that for, you know, 174 years in my case. I'm not really trying to do that. And 200 years is a long time too. You get to see a lot of really cool stuff.
1: Now, would you retire at like
0: 50 as opposed to like 55 or 60 then? To like have those like last quote unquote
1: 15 years to live?
0: Oh, yeah. I like
1: think- how how would you, would you do it differently? Like would you go to college all four years? Would you try to do like be an entrepreneur? Like Would you try to? Would you try to advance yourself to then be able to relax earlier and do as much as you could? That's a great question.
0: I feel like if you know that you're going to die at 65, which, you know, a lot of people do die at 65. That's a big age. And it's weird that we don't treat 65 like it's a lot for a lot of people. It's, you know, a milestone. that Everyone's going to hit it. But it's weird that we treat it as like a sure thing, even in today's age when it's not. So I do think it's interesting that you're like, Would you live life differently? Because I feel like the answer should be no, but I'd be a fool to say that the answer is no. I mean, I think it's pretty clear, yes, that if you knew you were going to live to 65, you would do everything to maximize the amount of years that you have doing what you
1: love. Yep, I agree with that. Steve Jobs once said, that the greatest thing is that we all know that we're going to die at some point. So why even worry about anything? Do what makes you happy and just do it.
0: Yeah. And I think it's a lot easier to say that it's a lot harder to do it. But I mean, maybe if you did know, here's where the clock ends, no matter what, you would be a little bit more willing to take risks. I got a question for you now, then. Yeah. If someone
1: came up to you when you're now at your age, right? You're 25. You don't know when you're going to die. Someone comes up to you at 25 and they say, hey, here's the rest of your book. You can either read it all the way through or jump to the end. What do you do?
0: I don't think I would read it at all. I think that's part of joy of life, and I'm not necessarily of the belief that it's one path, so I mean, things could change anyway, but if you're so laser-focused on the journey or even the end, I feel like you're not necessarily living life to the fullest. Yeah. What about you? What would you do? I would be naive, and I'd say, oh, yeah, I'm not going to read it at all, but I know
1: if I had that book in my house, and late at night, if I can't sleep, I don't know if I'd read the book. I'm more used as like a reference, I guess, to like make sure I'm doing the right thing, which isn't right at all either. Like you said, like you should just, your life doesn't have like one set thing, maybe. If something is keeping me up at night, it would take a lot of willpower not to try to open that book and read and see what's going on.
0: Right. Yeah, I agree. There's a, a short story by Stephen King and I don't have all the details. I don't remember it, but I do know that the gist of the story is this man will tell this woman how she dies, but... If she does, she'll go crazy. And the entire story is about her trying not to, but ultimately failing because at the end of the day, curiosity is a really powerful thing. And it's tough to overcome that. And she ends up going crazy. So as much as I'd say, you know, of course I wouldn't read it. If you have that book, it's definitely human nature to take a peek at it. Adam and Eve, don't bite the apple. They did it anyway. Not good. Knowledge. Not always power. That's a little out of turn, but you know.
1: Now we to the next question
0: here. Landon, would you
1: rather only be able to use a fork and never use a spoon or only use a spoon and never use a fork?
0: So I think you have to really think about what kind of foods you really eat in this question and what foods you would really struggle to eat without said utensil. So for me, this is a pretty easy question because... The only thing that I can think of that I would use a spoon for that I couldn't use a fork for is soup. Even ice cream, you really could use fork, and it'd be kind of weird, but you could make do. So I think the answer, for me at least, is pretty clearly the fork, because it's a little bit more multifaceted. Yeah, you can't eat soup, but I'm not a big soup eater. I would much rather just maybe drink it from a bowl if I really was craving some. Get a little messy, but I could still make do. But I feel like without the fork, you're really having to eat steak, stab your knife in it, and eat it that way. And I'm a pretty messy eater, but I don't know if I could do that for all my meals. So I'm definitely gonna say fork only.
1: So before I ask when you go out to like Maine or Oregon, are you a
0: clam chowder kind of guy,
1: or are you just no no seafood?
0: No, I'm. I like seafood, but I'm. I don't really like clam chowder that. Much. I would love to see you at a restaurant with no
1: spoon and just try and drink clam chowder.
0: <laughs> if, you're, if you're trying to do it with just stabbing a steak in there, you're going to make just as much of a scene. For me, I'm going to say the
1: same thing. I'm going to say a fork. Again, the only two things that come in my mind are like a soup based or like a chili base. A chili has meat in it though still, so you can still like poke at it and like kind of eat it. And again, if you really want to have all that broth and everything, just drink it up. But the loophole, you use a fork. And then you use like cornbread or a corn muffin or something to soak up that broth. And then you kind of have like a spoon, but it's a tastier spoon. It's not metal. It's like a corn muffin. Mm-hmm. So again, I use a fork. Ice cream. I do get a dish. I'm a big waffle cone guy though. So yeah. I'll just get a waffle cone. Milkshakes are the only thing that I could think would be hard because if you get a cookies and cream milkshake, the cookies like sit down the bottom and uh, you can't suck it up with a straw. So I guess I would just like open up to the back.
0: Yeah, I will say like a cookout milkshake would be very tough to eat without a spoon. Yeah, that's true. You go to my blog, we can figure <laughs> out what the best one that you're going to miss out <laughs> of is. So that's the only thing that I would really be missing out is cookout. I can make do. I could maybe use the lid. What about a fork or a knife what we need to rank utensils right now so would you rather only be able to use a knife or only be able to use a fork
1: i'm gonna say fork because logically speaking late at night after i've gone out with my friends and i get hungry and let's say i need something you know like pick up my food that's messy all over the place i'm a messy eater i don't trust drunk sam with a knife okay. i don't want to stab my tongue i'd rather poke myself with a fork so for me ranking utensils it goes fork knife spoon
0: where does sport go in there
1: After knife, I mean, any meat you eat, you need a knife to like cut it up. I mean, unless it's like really tender, you can use a fork or anything. But if I had to choose only one utensil for the rest of my life, I'd choose fork. It would suck if I'm cooking something, I have to like dice up raw meat. I can't do that. I don't have a knife. But I don't want to be eating all my food with a knife. Like, think about it, an omelet. How are you going to eat an omelet with a knife?
0: It would be tough for sure. I agree. I think the definitive utensil ranking is fork, knife, spork, spoon. I would miss cutting some stuff, but I'm going to be honest. I'm pretty lazy. I'm not a very good food cutter with a knife. So sometimes I'll just get that fork in there and try to do all the work that way. If it's raw
1: and you need to break it up, use your hands. Yeah. Wash your hands beforehand and then caveman style. I would crack up if you and I went to a restaurant and we sit down and we both order like a steak or like a piece of like nice chicken and they don't bring any knife and they go all we have are forks here nice sirs I'm sorry and you just start just ripping
0: me that would be the one time that I would really miss the knife because if it's a nice restaurant I will definitely be on my best behavior and use the knife as you're supposed to so that would be a little embarrassing but it's not worth choosing a fork yeah I had to break up crab at a nice
1: restaurant by myself never broke up a crab like an actual like full-on crab spilt butter everywhere. I got crab shell in my hair. I went to the bathroom to clean myself off and like get a crab out of my hair. I come back. They wiped down the table and thought I left for the night because I was by myself.
0: <laughs> so I have a similar story. One time I was in Baltimore and I got some crab and the waitress asked if I knew what I was doing. So of course I said I did. I had no idea what I was doing. So it took about 10 minutes to open the crab. I did not do it correctly and the waitress comes by And she's like, I thought you knew what you were doing. So she had to give me a lesson. I still could not really get it but I got a lot more meat or a lot less effort. So that was good.
1: I was at first when I said I knew what I was doing. I was by myself. So I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. And the waiter was like, here you go. This is how you do it. He would come back every five minutes and he'd say, are you okay? And I'm like, absolutely not. I'm so sorry. I'm making a mess. That's when we have a vacuum here, sir. You're fine. And then I got cheesecake and I was happy.
0: I like crab and lobster, but I'm not really sure it's worth all the effort, especially lobster. Lobster's a lot of work.
1: I haven't done lobster. That to me seems like way too much work. I'd rather just do a lobster roll. All right, Landon, next question for you. Kind of going off the fork or spoon, would you rather only be able to drink all of your food? So if you go to a restaurant and you order a steak and mashed potatoes and a salad, they have to put it all into a blender and you have to drink that or only be able to eat all of your meals. So if you go get like a milkshake or a soup, you can't get it mixed or anything like that. Or if you go out to get a drink, you get like a mixed drink or even a beer, they give it to you alcohol infused. So you would have to take like a jello shot or watermelon infused vodka. Or if you're thirsty after working out, instead of drinking water, you can only chew on ice cubes.
0: That's a very tough question. First of all, you hit me deep with no milkshakes. I am not it's worth living at that point.
1: The loophole is you just get ice cream.
0: <laughs> but it's not the same. I it's not. That. It's not the same. That really hurts. Having to chew ice cubes also is a pretty big L in my opinion, just because you know, you're putting a lot of work on your teeth. You're not getting that satisfaction as quickly. But at the same time, if I had to mix up all of my food, like steak and all that, thinking about that almost makes me gag. So... <laughs> I'm really limiting myself to probably like a fruit-based diet and you have to get some protein. So eventually you're going to have, can you blend up like nuts and put them in a smoothie? I've never done that. Yeah, you can. There's a machine for that. Okay. that just almost doesn't seem worth it though. And then if you're like at a restaurant, people are looking at you and they're like, what is this person doing coming back with a steak shake Ugh, you could just not drink at a restaurant. I mean, that would stink. I, no Chick-fil-A. What? No Chick-fil-A. They could put, put the chicken in the blender <laughs> and throw in that honey mustard and the Chick-fil-A sauce, blend it all together. Ugh. But I don't drink a lot during my meals anyway. So I think I would have to do the no drinking, only eating my food. What about you?
1: I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to say eat over drink because I travel a lot for work. I couldn't imagine sitting at a bar and eating, quote unquote, eating at a Texas Roadhouse and asking for my salad, my rolls, my chicken, and mashed potatoes to come out in a blender. The one thing that's going to be interesting, though, is if you want to go like, get a cocktail or something, you really can't have a cocktail anymore. You're gonna have to eat the bourbon or eat the beer, which I don't know how you do that. You get kinda fancy, I guess. Honestly, if I saw a guy just ripping jello shots the whole night, one, I'd wanna be like kinda confused, at the same time kind of like, yeah, oh, that's kinda funny. Like this guy's just here for a fun time. So I'm gonna have to do the eat over drink. It just makes more sense. I mean, I don't wake up in the morning and have an omelet. And again, go well, back to the omelet. I don't wanna have to mash up my omelet. I mean if I wanna have crackers or something, I wanna have to mix it up and try to drink that I just feel like it's a lot easier to eat over drink the one thing that'd be hard though if i'm at a gym or i'm running i don't know like if i'm like wow, i really need something to quench my thirst i don't know if i could just start chewing on ice but like oh like a loophole is just let it sit in your mouth but ice in your mouth that's cold you can't just like let it sit there you're gonna get like brain freeze your tongue's gonna go numb like, there's a lot of bad things that can happen
0: is it cheating if i put the ice cube in my mouth for like 30 seconds and then spit it into a cup and let it melt there
1: yes that's cheating
0: then I think water is the big issue. I was a little surprised. I thought the alcohol might uh, sway you the other way. Yeah, that's probably going to come back to bite me in the ass. We've had kind of a silly question. We've had a very serious philosophical question. Had some food questions. We're going to move back into the silly, though. It's time for question number five. Sam, would you rather time travel 20 years, either in the past or in the present, every time you fart, (coughs) or... Teleport. To a different place on Earth, on land, not water. Every time you sneeze,
1: do I get to pick when I fart? Like, hey, like this fart is not take me to twenty forty, or is it just like I fart, I'm just like boom, I'm either twenty years ahead or twenty years behind.
0: Yeah, it's just you can't always control when you fart in real life. It's the same concept. That's true.
1: I'm gonna have to say sneeze because I feel like I have sneezing attack. This is a tough one. Cause not have like a sneezing attack. i like sneeze like 10 times in a row. Maybe if I sneeze 10 times in a row like, oh, bring me back to like where I'm supposed to be. You know, like I was like hop around the earth. So I'm gonna say sneeze and maybe I can go see a country I never thought I'd see before. Yeah. The fart thing, sometimes maybe you're in a meeting and you gotta let like a small one out, sneak one out. You don't want to like sneak one out and all of a sudden you're gone. And then you come back and they're like where the hell did this guy go i like guess sneeze maybe to me that maybe you can like hold it look at the light someone says bless you beforehand if you believe into that stuff like they'll stop your sneeze so for me i'm gonna say sneeze just so I like to travel i want to see more places
0: on the earth see i think both have a very potentially terrifying problem if you fart now i don't know if you can sneeze in your sleep i don't think i ever have sneezed in my sleep have you
1: I don't know. I've heard I talk in my sleep, so I'm glad that didn't come up, but I don't think I sneezed in my sleep.
0: Okay. I feel like you definitely fart in your sleep, though, and... That would be really terrifying to me. You could end up in the year 2100 by accident. You got to like fart your way back to the present. Got to eat some beans, man. <laughs> you got to fart, fart your way back to the present, but you could like wake up 2100 and just be freaked out. You think it's a dream. You, you know, have to do some double takes, figure out it's not. So I think that's really a big issue. The other issue is if you sneeze, and you end up in like the desert, you could be really out of luck because you're not going to have any water. You're going to have to try to make yourself sneeze over those three days or try to find civilization. That's the only issue with the sneezing, I feel like. Or be like on the savanna in Africa, you know, maybe you got like a lion or a tiger coming after you. That's a real issue. But the other issue, you know, if you fart, it doesn't necessarily say that you're going to be in the same spot 20 years from now. So you could end up in the. Sahara and but I feel like it's a little bit easier to make yourself fart to get out of the situation so you gotta weigh that but at the end of the day I just think that there is so much of a probability that you end up in a bad situation if you fart your way through time and space so I'm gonna go with the sneezing as well but it's close I'm just really hoping that I tend to sneeze maybe three or four times a day at least while I'm awake But I'm just really banking on the fact that if I'm put in a bad situation, like the Amazon rainforest or something, that I'm going to be able to conjure a sneeze before my life is really in danger. Allergies, man. Allergies. Exactly. I have some pretty bad allergies most of the time. So I think that would save me. I think both have the potential to be really cool experiences. But to me, you got to take the negatives into account as well. But overall, after weighing the pros and the cons, I think the sneezing gives you a little bit more control over the amount of dangerous situations you're in.
1: My thing is, I'm just banking on, I don't sneeze just once. I sneeze like three or four times in a row. So I'm just banking on like, the one thing that would stink though, like you sneeze once and you're like, in a really cool spot right yeah. and then you sneeze again now you're like in a not cool spot but my thing is yeah, i'm banking on the fact that if i am in a bad situation i will sneeze more than once in a row
0: right and it's a little bit easier if you're sneezing and teleporting to get yourself back if you're farting through time and space then you're just kind of really hoping that you're going to be able to get back into the correct time and space or else you could be in a lot of trouble lot this one
1: is sure. going to hit home to a lot of the sport fans out there all the sport fans that maybe their city Hasn't had a lot of championships. Or so to speak to the ones that have won, but then the years prior to that have just been awful. So Landon, would you rather have a team that wins a championship once every 20 years but is awful the other 19 years? Or a team... That is consistently good for those 20 years, but never wins it at all. And also that 21st year, so they're good for 20 years. And then that year after that, they don't win like the division or anything like that. But in the next year, for the next 20 years, they're good. But they don't win the big prize, the Lombardi trophy, the finals, Stanley Cup.
0: I think I'd rather have a team that's championship caliber and wins it all one year and is bad the other 19 years. Now, I'm a Cincinnati Bengals fan, so I know what it's like to cheer for a team that's terrible for, we're going on six years now, and yeah, it's frustrating, but I will tell you that the most sports high that I ever felt was when I thought the Bengals were going to win that playoff game in Pittsburgh a couple years ago. When they recovered that fumble with two-ish minutes left on the clock, I was overjoyed, and that feeling even though it was very short-lived was almost worth the six bad years after that if they would have been able to win a championship that year that would definitely be worth it. I could always look back at that moment and say, we won it once. It would probably inspire a lot of hope that is misplaced because we're going to be bad for the other 19 years, but I would have that one moment, and no matter how bad they were, I would be okay with just that one. If I have 20 years, yeah, I'm cheering them during the regular season, but come playoff times, almost like the Bengals were a couple years ago, come playoff time, I know that they're not going to really have much of a chance because they're, they're good enough to to get there but they're not good enough to win anything and the lack of winning when it matters the most to me is just as frustrating as being bad for all those years anyway
1: yeah I agree with you I take I take a championship once every 20 years because for 20 years you're cheering on this team and you don't know they're gonna fall every year I'm a Red Sox fan so before 04 they get so close and they didn't fall they had 85 with like Buckner with a misplaced ball for a space line. They had 03 with Aaron Boone hitting that home run off when Gray Little left, left the pitcher in too long. And then they had 04, and they finally came back, and they won it all. And then they had 07, and they won it all then. And then they had 13, and then they had 18. And like this year, they were awful. But to me, it makes it so much better that I'm like, hey, like yeah, this year was awful, but at least I've seen a championship recently. Like I don't think I could deal with, oh, we were so close 20 years in a row.
0: Yeah, and I, then think just, there, I think there are a lot of people that would be okay seeing that regular season. But to me, the playoffs are what matters the most anyway. We're not getting anything for the regular season. I'd much rather have that championship at the end of the year.
1: Yeah, than, I mean, look at the Dodgers. They've come close. Before this year, they had 18, 17 in 16, right? Were those the last three years they were in this World Series before this year? And they didn't win it. And then this year they won it and they rectified everything. I don't know a Dodger fan that'd be like, you know what? Yeah, we were in the World Series like four years. We didn't win it, we were in it. Look at the Rangers. The Rangers were in it back-to-back years and they didn't win it. I don't know a Rangers fan that's like, I'm really glad that we were in the World Series but we didn't win it.
0: Yeah, I know Braves fans personally, the Braves are the epitome of being good but not great for 20 years straight. And those Braves fans talk about the city being cursed. They're not looking at the fact that they had 20 playoff series. They're looking at the fact that they blew 20 playoff series. They're not okay with just making the playoffs. Eventually, your expectations are going to rise if you're always making the playoffs, but that World Series isn't going to come if you pick the second one. Exactly. Look at the Bills.
1: They circled the wagon four years in a row. They didn't win it. And now everyone's like making fun of them. Yeah, You're right. The same thing. They're not, they don't get anything for being second. Yeah.
0: Before we end, I know the World Series was the other night. Have to get your take on Blake Snell being pulled after oh, five and a third innings because he gave up a single.
1: Awful. It was the dumbest decision I've seen in a long time. And I get it. The Rays have been in the analytical team the whole year – the, that's their mo like year in and year out that's what they do but win it in a do or die game when your ace has literally given up two hits at that point i think even including that single two hits yep. at what 70 pitches 75 pitches through five and a third you keep them in right Especially- also kevin cash doesn't have a like to stand on then because tyler glass now pitched 112 pitches that same series and gave up more runs and didn't look as good as blake snell So, well, you can argue like, oh, well, we're a pitch count team. You know, we want the top of the order was 0 6. Even if it worked out, I didn't think it was the right move because you just wasted your bullpen for four plus innings. Let's say you win game six. So, then game seven, all hands are on deck. Now your bullpen is now tired with no rest, and you don't have really anyone to pull you out of that situation. I also heard that, like, he was banking on them winning game six and then blank Snell will be available for game seven, but you don't get to game seven without winning game six, being down three, two. True. And when you hear Mookie Betts, I'm a huge red sack It pains me because he's now a Dodger for his life. When you hear him say we could finally breathe with him out of the game, you made the wrong decision. I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think if Snell hadn't been as dominant as he was, then maybe you could make an argument, but he was striking people out. It's not like he wasn't. He gave up one fluky hit against the ninth back. You got to leave them in there. I know you're an analytics team, and the analytics are saying you make the decision. But in my opinion, analytics can get you to that point, but eventually you got to go with your gut. And they didn't. Yeah. The costing them. And you're right. Even if they would have won, it doesn't sound like it was a great decision for a game seven.
1: Analytics only get you so far. I mean, the Cubs almost blew it too with Madden trying to bring so much analytics into the Cubs game seven when Arolis Chapman gave up that home run
0: right one of the takes that I've heard is the, the Dodgers now rely on a lot of analytics as well but I think you could make the argument that Dave Roberts when it comes down to it is comfortable making some decisions and those decisions that ended up winning the series for him
1: and not just that their players are quote, unquote" analytical players are a lot more talented than the Rays players like the Rays had to be analytical because they don't have as big of a cap space right. so they have to have, find those players that they can rely on for those specific places the dodgers can afford to pay someone that's a little bit better and they don't go well they, they have a backup person the Rays really didn't have like a backup person they can't afford that so roberts may make a mistake like for one inning but he can bring someone else in and then it'd be okay because they had the cap space to like have that in there if right. that makes any sense at all
0: No, it does. The rich team ended up winning, but the poor team was right there in it. If it wasn't for one decision, you know, maybe we're looking at a game seven tonight, but unfortunately we're not. That's all that we have for today. I hope you enjoyed our questions. If you have any disagreements, feel free to hit either Sam or I up. And if you're interested in being on the show, hit us up as well. We'd love to have a guest, maybe gang up on them, maybe split the difference for those tie-breaking votes although we agreed with each other a lot on these set of questions and please if you give this a listen give us your feedback if you liked it if you didn't we really would like to hear what we did well what we didn't what we can improve on and what you guys want to hear from us so for Landon and Sam tag Julia Rose in this let's go viral on this we want some big
1: name guests on here we want the small name guests small market teams small market guests Big market teams, big market guests. We want them all.
0: Get us out there, boys. And girls. This is Out of Turn. Thanks for listening. Thank you.